When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, July 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, the Guardians left a, uh, an, an imprint all over the All-Star game last night as the American League won its ninth consecutive Midsummer Classic. Uh, I guess the, the performance that really jumps out is Emmanuel Classe uh, closing the game in the ninth uh, with three strikeouts. Just... Uh, how exciting was it to see Class A go out there and and basically show everybody in baseball what pretty much everybody who follows the Guardians already knew? Yeah, I mean, 10 pitches, struck out the side in order, 3-2 uh, lead, uh, and uh, no doubt about it. Uh, he stole Jose Mesa's old line, no doubt about it, and uh, really closed that game out in, in style. Uh, you know, almost every pitch was at 99 miles an hour. Um Six straight strikes. Uh, he threw uh, to the last hitter. He threw a, you know, he he he, he couldn't get the immaculate inning, mm-hmm. but uh, went to four pitches before striking out the last guy. Just a dominant performance. All right, a uh, first pitch ball to Jake Cronenworth uh, denied him that immaculate inning, and uh, that would have been, you know, that might have put him into the uh, the conversation for All Star Game MVP had that happened. Uh, but uh, instead, the MVP award goes to John Carlos Stanton. But Class A wasn't the only Guardians player to, to make a difference in the game. Jose Ramirez, two base hits. Uh, he was aboard early for um, the, the two-run home run by John Carlos Stanton that, that basically uh, helped decide the game. Uh, and uh, early in the first inning, uh, starting at second base, Andres Jimenez makes uh, a fantastic play to start a double play. Uh, uh, sort of a, a stabbing uh, leap at a ball up the middle. Uh, and then he flipped it behind his back to Tim Anderson at the bag. Uh, and Anderson uh, throws on to first base for a double play in the first. Uh, just guardians everywhere making an impact. Uh, I, Cleveland couldn't be happier after after that all-star performance. Yeah, they've got to be uh, very, very pleased. They sent three all-stars to the game uh, all three make a major you know contribution uh to the victory and uh they come away you know uh, i'm sure people who had never seen Jimenez or or had seen just you know a little bit of class a had to be impressed with with the performance and jose ramirez uh four for seven in his uh four all-star games joe Hitting 571 as a as an all star, I maybe he should just have a permanent invitation from the American League. You know, just uh, keep an open invitation to bring him back every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, I think the Guardians would be happy with that, uh, Jose. I, I, I think, and he really sort of, uh, you know, the experienced all star there. He was really sort of projecting that sort of, uh, you know, all star mystique as he was walking the red carpet and, and everything we saw about him. 
for Jimenez and Class A, though, this is these are two guys who are you know under the age of twenty four, uh, twenty four and younger, uh, and they're they're first time All Stars. Uh, they they really did step forward and and you know make an impression on a lot of people, uh, not just uh, you know in Cleveland but around baseball who who are going to have their eyes on the development of these guys as they move forward. Uh, pretty certain that at least for Class A, it's not his final. Uh, all-star appearance if he's able to keep doing what he's doing yeah big stage and and they came up big on it um you know Jimenez uh you know besides the double play made two nice plays in short right field throwing guys out I think in the third inning and uh, class A was just that's that's lights out man out of all the uh, closers they had on that team you know it's interesting that uh Dusty Baker you know just uh you know had him peg for the ninth inning there was no doubt about it and I think uh, Dusty saw him pitch well in in Houston and that might have been the ticket well I'll I'll tell you when I'm uh, when Emmanuel Classe first learned that he was going to be at the all-star game he said he didn't care you know who he faced or when he went in there he said he wanted to close the game out but more than anything he wanted to strike out some National League hitters and that's it he (laughs) he did it He, he said it's it's my job to go out there and strike guys out and that's exactly what he did he predicted his own fate uh, in in terms of what what happened in that All Star game. Hoinsey, what'd you think of the uniforms? What'd you think of uh, the 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 gray uniforms with the black for the American League and the and the white uniforms with a black cap, which I thought was hideous for uh, for the American League. But I want to get your your uh, unfiltered yeah, I, opinion. Yeah, you know, I, I I'm not a big uniform guy, Joe. It didn't but you know the green kind of. It was like camouflage or something. I was wondering, you know, what with the American League, I I, I didn't quite get that. I think, but uh, you know, I, it 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 really didn't upset me I much. I I kind of like it when, uh, you know, the every the All Stars wear their own jerseys in the All Star game. I get kind of a throwback, right? But but you know, that was fine with me. I had no problems with. It. I I go back to the 2019 All Star game, which I think is probably still used as a benchmark for, you know, one of the best that the baseball put on here in Cleveland and, and the players wore their own uniforms, but the caps were, were slightly different. The caps were a special all-star cap. Uh, I think, I think you'd go back to something like that because these, it almost reminded me of the players weekend uniforms, how, how those kind of looked uh, a little, a little crazy, oh, yeah. the, the black right. on white and all that kind of stuff. Uh, not a, not a real fan, but apparently a lot of people were talking about them. So, uh, that was the uh, the buzz was the uh, the all star game uniforms for both sides. Uh, there there were moments throughout the game, obviously, that that, that really stood out. But uh, I, I want to make sure that we go back. And before we talk about that, we talk about the, the home run derby, which took place on on Monday. And, uh, you know, what you what your opinions and your, your impressions were. Uh, from that with Jose Ramirez competing on behalf of the guardians in that, uh, in that contest. Yeah. I thought Jose, you know, was representative. What he hit 17 home runs. Uh, you know, I, I was surprised he hit from the right side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most of his power is left-handed. Right. I mean, but uh, you know, that I had no problem with it. I mean, I thought he did a good job. He looks like he came through healthy, you know, the next night he got two hits. And uh, I think that's what everyone was concerned about. Uh Otherwise, you know, it was, you know, another display. I mean, uh, Julio Rodriguez kind of blew me away in the first round. Yeah, that was that was one of the big storylines was the youth of, of Julio Rodriguez sort of, you know, being there. Uh, it's the the second time uh, in the last couple of years that a, uh, a Cleveland 
uh, Slugger has competed and lost to the eventual champion. Uh, Carlos uh, Santana lost in the first round to Pete Alonso in 2019. Uh, Ramirez is, uh, he only hit, uh, Santana only hit 13 home runs in that first round back in 2019. Uh, Ramirez is 17 home runs uh, tied Jim Tomey for the most home runs ever hit by a Cleveland hitter in the home run derby. Now that was across different formats because Tomey hit a total of 17 uh, back in 1998 in Colorado when he made it all the way to the finals against Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, So, I mean, really sort of history being set for Jose Ramirez with those 17 home runs, but uh, he didn't come through. He didn't, he didn't advance. I remember in 2018 when there was all that talk about whether or not he would compete and, could a guy of, of his stature compete against the the big boppers like that uh, who, who drive the ball out of the park? Uh, it's interesting. You, you mentioned him hitting from the right-hand side. I wonder if him hitting from the right-handed side was to protect his, his sore thumb, uh, to protect his injury in that way. Uh, you know, maybe he, he swings from the right side in order to not exacerbate that injury. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I thought right away, Joe. And you know, he and he really, you know, he's 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 such a dead pull hitter. I guess it probably doesn't matter which side of the plate he's going to hit. He's going to yank it down the down the down the line. And you know, most of his home runs in the Derby were were you know right down the left field line. All of his home runs were were to the yeah. pull side. He, I think, he hit two off the foul pole as well. Yeah, uh, right, right. What did you think of the uh, the moment uh, where all of the players came out after Albert Pujols' uh, first round and and sort of congratulated him and and you know gave him high fives and you know had sort of a, a spontaneous moment there at the plate with him? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Uh, that was you know a nice uh, you know tribute to uh, Pujols, who is you know in his last year. You know, we probably we might not see another hitter like him for sure in baseball, you know, 3000 hits and, and what over 600 home runs or I, I think he's got 3000 hits, right? Yep. Yeah. And, yep. and uh, you know, it reminded me of uh, when Ted Williams came out, uh, they kind of, Ted Williams came out in a golf cart at, at Fenway park before uh, the, the start of the all-star game there and players from both sides, you know, c- gathered around them and they couldn't start the game on time because they were talking to him so much. And, you know, Williams was talking to McGuire and, and all those guys, they, they were loving it. So it was kind of an impromptu moment. It was cool. Yeah. He started talking about hitting and, and like actually yeah. getting into the nuts and bolts of it. And we're like, Guys, they got to start the game here. Yeah, and, and uh, the players didn't want to leave. Well, and after that, they named the the All Star MVP award after uh, um, Ted Williams in, in that instance, instance you're talking about back in '99. Uh, I wonder if maybe they 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 consider the maybe the home run derby uh, award, maybe naming that after Albert Pujols or something. Eventually, you're going to start getting awards named after this guy because. Uh, he is one of the all-time greats, and if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, uh, you know, possibly a a a unanimous Hall of Famer. I, I don't know if you can you find a better you know example of a guy. Yeah, definitely. You know, he played. Uh, he was great in St. Louis. What they won two World Series or at least one World Series. I know they beat Texas in the World Series. He had the three homer game in in the World Series game that year. Uh, you know, he went to sign the big deal with the Angels, kind of 
hurt, got hurt, but still kind of grinded through that whole contract, you know, until, you know, he, he couldn't run. He wasn't the player he was, but, you know, he still was in the lineup almost every day. So, you know, he put up great numbers. Uh, you know, he played through the steroid era. There wasn't a hint of, you know, a whiff of a controversy about him. And uh, just, uh, just you know, really, it was, you know, a hitter that we might not see the likes of again, Joe. Right. And, you know, being there in Southern California, uh, obviously uh, just a, a great spectacle uh, for the the home run derby for the all-star game, everything that, that went on uh, again, Cleveland, well-represented Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, a great competitor in the home run derby. Uh, I think we saw a lot of, of really positive, uh, you know, things out of that weekend. Uh, none the least of which the, the youth of the guardians coming through and, and stepping forward on a big stage. Uh, Want to shift gears though here and, and talk a little bit about uh, this, uh, the, the draft, which took place sort of in concert with the, uh the all-star game uh first time they've done this where it's it's taken place on that sunday for the first round uh they did it outdoors in la uh sort of sort of trying to mimic the the nfl draft in the way that they've had major success with that uh the guardians selecting an outfielder with their their first pick uh chase the lauder and uh then they went with uh, I, I believe they selected 13 pitchers overall uh out of their out of their 20 picks. Yeah, you know, 20 uh 20 rounds they selected 21 players. Uh they had that you know, the extra competitive balance round A pick. Uh so the first three pit th- first three picks were uh you know, the the outfielder from uh, James Madison, uh Chase De La, De La Tour, De La Tour. Uh, then uh, uh right-hander uh Justin uh Justin Campbell from Oklahoma State, then a lefty from uh Florida State, uh, Parker Messick, and uh, that that was the first day of the draft, and uh, then, you know, they had two more days, and, uh, you know, concentrated on uh, college, college, uh, you know, athletes, outfielders, infielders, pitchers, only drafted one catcher, a high school catcher, Joe, out of, uh, uh, out of, uh, I think, uh, out from California, from Taft High School, Logan Clark, and, um, and uh, uh, they, um, Scott Barnsby uh, said he's confident they're going to sign all 21 of these players in this class. So, you know, they've got a $9 million bonus pool to do it to, for the top 10 and any of the players they took, you know, from the, uh, from the 11th through the 20th round, uh, you know, they can sign those guys, but if they, if the signing bonus is more than $125,000, it counts against the bonus pools. So, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they finagle that, but they always manage to, to get the guys they want and uh, within uh, the confines of the bonus pool. Yeah. Creative accounting at its best, I guess. You know, it's a shell game moving, moving uh, bonus money around so that, uh, you know, everybody's incentivized to, to sort of sign and, and, and come and, and start their, their pro careers. Interesting that they only took one, uh, one catcher and he's from high school. I I gotta I gotta wonder why there aren't more college catchers being selected, or at least you look over at Adley Rutschman and see the the success he's the immediate impact that he had uh, with the with the Orioles. Uh, this is a club that could definitely use a, an advanced prospect at at catcher uh, at some point. You know, they've got you know a couple uh, waiting in the wings in Bo Naylor and Brian Lavastida, but. 
that's one of the areas where uh, the Guardians need the most help right away. Yeah, I asked, uh, you know, uh, uh, Scott, uh, about that, about only taking one 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 catcher in the draft. He said, you know, basically that was the way the chips fell. He said, you know, last year we took, what, 19 pitchers out of 21 uh, players. And, uh, you know, he said, he kind of said, you know, that's just the way – you know, it was, you know, just the way the draft broke down. So, and I, and I don't think there was a whole lot of catchers taken, you know, high in the draft, maybe one guy, I think. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Uh, like you said, again, the, the 13 out of 21 uh, selections were, were pitchers. Uh, this is an organization that I guess puts a premium on stockpiling as much pitching talent to, to sort of go through. Uh, they've, they they certainly have a lot over the last two drafts now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, like you know, nine right-handers, four lefties. Uh, you know, they took five outfielders, two infielders, and a catcher. Um, and you know, it was to watch. Uh, you know, you can see kind of what they're doing in the draft. You know, most of the pitchers they took. You know, they weren't really kind of guys that were going to break the radar gun. You know, they were guys that you know threw. 90 to not, not, they kind of sat around right, right around 93, you know, they could touch 95, 97, but uh, you know, they all had high strikeout rates, low walk rates, guys that, uh, you know, they could, uh, you know, could develop as, as starters. Like we, you know, basically the rotation they have right now kind of, mm-hmm. you know, got, and uh, the, the hitters were all, uh, you know, high average hitters, you know, low, low, low walks, I mean, high walk totals, you know, low strikeout totals, you know, not exactly guys that are going to hit 40 home runs a year, but with good speed, you know, so, you know, you could see the analytics playing a role in this draft, you know, especially, you know, with the light shining on how they, they score runs in, in, in the big leagues with this big league club right now. Well, on the first pick being an outfielder, being a big kid, I, I think he's what, six, six, four, six, five, something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, he was, he was a bat to ball kind of guy, but he also had a little bit of pop and he had an injury that, that sort of me, you know, uh, allowed him to, to be around and available where, uh, where he was. I think if he hadn't had that injury, he might've been one of the top, uh, you know, top 10 guys taken. Yeah. Broken foot. He broke a foot in, uh, during, and I think in April, you know, cost them most of the season, uh, you know, but he does run well. He can play all three outfield positions, uh, and like you said, he's a big guy, six, what, six, four, six, five. Uh, so that's an intriguing guy. And, you know, uh, they really kind of concentrated on outfielders, you know, they outside of, you know, pitching. And uh, it was interesting because their outfield is, you know, filling up, Joe. I mean, I mean, huh? if you got Valera, you, you've got Valera on, in the pipeline. You've got Gonzalez. Now you've got Nolan Jones. You've got uh uh, uh, Quan and and uh, you know uh, you you just signed uh, you know uh, um, the center fielder to an extension. So Strong. you know where that where 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 are they going to fit all these guys? Yeah, well, maybe that leads to tomorrow's topic of discussion, where uh, where we talk about what it might take to get a Juan Soto, because the uh, the the Guardians certainly have the ammunition to go out and uh, you know throw prospects at the the. Um, the nationals to, to maybe rent Juan Soto for uh, a couple of seasons, but uh, you never know because uh, there's two, two words that, that will kill any deal. And those are Scott Boris. Uh, I, I don't think uh, 
any Scott Boris, uh, you know, player is, is going to not go all the way to free agency and, and, you know, sign some sort of extension, especially if he's already turned down 400 and some million dollars. But yeah, Daniel Dowd, when he was the assistant general manager in uh, Cleveland, used to say, Scott Boros is easy to deal with as long as you give him everything you want. Exactly. So, so if they get Soto and uh, they want to pay him more than half a billion dollars on a multi-year deal, I guess I guess he's going to come. He'd be here. But I don't know, Joe, that that's a that's a big that's a big reach right there. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a big ask. Uh, all right. Uh if you're listening and want to participate uh, and, and get feedback from uh, Hoinsey and myself, uh, cleveland.com slash subtext, sign up for Guardian subtext, $3.99 a month. Uh, you can get uh, all the news that's that's fit to print and more. Uh, we did some exclusive stuff with, uh, you know, uh, polls about the home run derby this week and uh, the trade deadline approaching. It's the best time of year. Uh, to be on subtext because we'll we'll have all that information out to you first uh, before it's even on the site. Uh, 216-298-4346. Send a text to that number or uh, cleveland.com slash subtext to sign up. Hoinsey will be back tomorrow to dive a little further into this Juan Soto question, uh, who it might take in terms of prospects uh, to pry him away from from Washington and would it be uh, something that the guardians might even want to consider doing? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow here on Cleveland.com's uh, Cleveland baseball talk podcast. All right, Joe.